Hello, I'm Derek Walker, pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. We're in the series on praise, thanksgiving and worship. And today we want to talk about uh, another benefit of praise. We've seen that praise blesses God, it benefits us greatly, and it binds the devil. The benefits we've seen already, it brings us into God's presence and God's presence into us. It brings us into total victory. It releases the glory of God in our lives. It delivers us from a spirit of heaviness and depression. Praise is beautiful and beautifies us and our character. Number six, praise releases spiritual strength into our hearts for living, empowering us to do God's will. Number seven, through a lifestyle of praise, we bring our hearts into submission and harmony with God's heart. Number eight, that uh, praise and worship is foundational for developing our moral character. And number nine, praise and worship brings us into greater mental health and uh, a, especially a relaxed mental attitude because we know that God is uh, ultimately in control. Um, it sets us free from pride. And then uh, number 10, we saw last time that the sacrifice of praise prepares the way for God to release his power and salvation in our lives. The sacrifice of praise is, is tauda, and this is when we have received the promise from God, but we can't see it yet, and so we give him thanks. We glorify God and we thank him that he is faithful to his promise to bring it to pass. And on the basis of his good character, and that he's a covenant-keeping God, we thank him in advance. And that's a sacrifice. It costs us something because we don't really feel like doing that. We'll, we feel like it when we actually see the answer. And so this sacrifice of praise we read about before in Psalm 50, 23, he who gives a sacrifice of praise um, glorifies God, he honors God by expressing faith in his character, but, and also he opens up a way, a highway, uh, by which God can show his salvation. Well, one example of the sacrifice of praise is in Psalm 67, verse 5. Let's just read that. May the peoples praise you. Now, in, in this case, this is a sacrifice of praise. Every year they planted their seed, but they needed rain for the harvest and so they would offer a sacrifice of praise and thank God and pray for that rain and thank him Lord thank you Lord for the rain we need the rain and he says oh God may all the peoples praise you then he says then as a result of their praise and thanksgiving then the land will yield its harvest and our God our God will bless us God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him and so they had the seed, but they needed the grain, the, the rain, for the manifestation of the harvest, for it to come to pass, for it to be manifested. The seed, you see, can be in our heart, but then there's a further progress needed for it to be brought into manifestation. And so here he says the key is, in the natural picture, the seed's in the ground, but they need rain. Uh, the rain represents the Holy Spirit. And so as they praise him, it says, then as a result of the praise, that releases the rain. And 
that sacrifice of praise releases the rain and then the rain brings forth that harvest. And in the same way, we can have seeds in our heart. We can have the promises of God that we've believed in our heart, but, we, but for them to come to pass requires the work of the Holy Spirit, requires the power of God to act on the seed for it to bring forth its full fruit in our life. And so the key here is once we've received the promise, we need to now praise God and give him thanks. Uh, thank him. And as we do that, we open up the way for the reign of God, the Holy Spirit, to actually move in our heart and activate the seed and cause that seed to bring forth its fruit. And it says that when the peoples praise God, so once we've received the promise, it's important now to thank him and praise him for bringing it to pass. That releases the power of the Holy Spirit, the reign of God, to activate that seed and to bring it to pass. And so our sacrifice of praise, before we even see it, we're thanking God for bringing it to pass, and that releases the Spirit of God to bring forth that harvest. It says, let the peoples praise you, then the land, that's our heart, will yield its harvest, and our God will bless us. And all the ends of the earth will fear him. And the, as it comes to pass in our life, it will be a witness to the whole world. And so that's what the sacrifice of praise does. Another example of the sacrifice of thanksgiving is Philippians 4.6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, uh, let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. Now, that thanksgiving is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. In other words, you've, you've made your request to God, but now you add thanksgiving. Now you've put it into God's hands, but now you express your confidence in God by saying, thank you, Lord, You've got, I've given that problem to you now. I thank you that you're working on it. Before you see it, you don't wait till you see the answer before you start thanking God. You thank him based on his promise. He says, cast your cares on me, for I care for you. And so when we give it to him, we can thank him based on his promise. Thank you, Lord, I've given it to you now. You care for me. You're working on that situation. I trust it in you. I thank you. And when your prayer moves from request to thanksgiving, it shows that you, you're in faith, you're trusting God. And that sacrifice of thanksgiving, before you see the answer, is something that pleases God. It shows your faith in God, and it opens the door for God's power to now move into that situation. Well, that's uh, the tenth benefit. And today we're going to look at the eleventh benefits of praise and thanksgiving, that it releases the waters of salvation out of our spirit into our lives. There's, a, there's water, there's the river of life, is in our spirit and in our holy of holies. God has made us alive if we're born again. We, the Holy Spirit lives inside us. But God doesn't want that life to stay locked up in our spirit. He wants the waters of life to flow out to, to every part of our life. And we're going to see this in a wonderful prophecy in Isaiah 12. In fact, Isaiah 11 sets the scene by talking about the Messiah uh, uh, will be a man from descended of David who will be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, There will come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch will grow out of its roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And this Messiah, 
that's prophesied here. He will make a new covenant, making it possible not just for him, but for all of God's people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to have the Holy Spirit flowing out of us. And that is described in Isaiah chapter 12, the next chapter. He will usher in, in other words, an age of the Spirit for all believers. It's a prophetic song of salvation. Let's look at it in Isaiah 12. It says, in that day, that's the day of the Messiah, when the Messiah comes and brings in a new day through the new covenant. And it's a day of great spiritual blessing. It says, in that day, you will say. Now we're going to see in this chapter that it is the, the mouth is so important to release the blessing of God. We're talking about praise and thanksgiving as the key to release the waters of the Holy Spirit in our life. And he says, you will say what you say with your mouth. Your mouth is the spout, as it were, where the rivers flow out. And so he says, you will say, O Lord, I will thank you or I will praise you. Though you were angry with me because of sin, your anger is turned away from me and you comfort me. Now this is talking about the basis of our salvation. This is what the Messiah will do. He will provide an atonement. See, God was angry at us because of our sin. We were under the judgment of God. But here it says, the anger is turned away from us. Why? Because Jesus took the punishment for our sin on himself. Praise God. He provided the atonement for our sin. And, and our response to that is to thank him. See, that's thanksgiving. Is, is important here. We will say, thank you, Lord. You, you took my punishment. Hallelujah. And you comfort me. That means I, I now have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I have forgiveness and I have mercy. Thank you, Lord. And so he says, you will say. It's important what we say. We must give thanks. That's an important thing here. And so, of course, Isaiah 53 in another song describes this atonement in far more detail. And then it talks about the result of this sacrifice of Christ. He's turned the anger away, but now, also now, that makes possible an inner transformation and uh, where God's life and salvation now is now in us and changing us. Because now it says, behold, verse 2, behold, God, my salvation. And he's basically saying, behold, who, look at the one who did this. And he describes this one who did this as God, my salvation. And literally this is God, my Yeshua. And here it gives the name of the Messiah as Yeshua. God, my salvation. And so it's basically saying the one who did this is God himself who has become a man. And his name is Yeshua. God is my salvation. And basically he's saying is not just that God provided a salvation for me or he paid for my salvation, but God is my salvation. Now God has come and is on the inside of me and is changing me and saving me. God is my salvation. And that's his confession. He says, I've been forgiven. Your anger's been turned away from me. And now God, you are my salvation. And he is declaring his faith. He is saying what God has done for me. And therefore, he says, I will trust and not be afraid, for Yah, the Lord, is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. And he says, through the new covenant and through the new birth now, 
God is now God on the inside of him. He's his strength, his song, and his salvation. And that's true. If we've received Christ, you're a temple of God. God lives on the inside of you. But as we're going to see, it is important that you say it, that you thank God for what he's done, and that you confess him as your salvation, as your Lord, as your salvation, as your life, as your strength and song. Because it's in the confessing of it, it's in thanking God for it, that you actually release the power of what's inside you into your life. We'll see that as we go on. So this salvation is based on what Christ did on the cross. The true believer, he's a prophecy of the new covenant believer, is someone who acknowledges now God is the source of his life and his salvation. It's not just that God gives him some strength, God gives him some salvation. No, God is his salvation. God is in him. And that means God is now united to man and identified with man. He's come to live inside man, and he imparts his very own life to man. And that's the new thing of the new covenant, is the new birth. They weren't born again before, but in the new birth, we receive a new spirit, and God actually comes up on the inside of us, and God is our salvation. Praise God. And then verse 3 talks about living in the fullness of this salvation. It says, therefore, therefore, because God is now my salvation, I am now united to God and his life because God is my salvation. And here is the key verse. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And he's basically saying, believers, with joy, with rejoicing, uh, with praise and thanksgiving. That is how we draw water from the wells of salvation. I like to say the salvation springs, the springs of salvation, the wells of salvation. So there is living water on the inside of us now through the Holy Spirit. And, but we are, we are responsible to draw that water out. We are responsible to bring that water to every part of our life. How do we do it? With rejoicing. We do it with our words. We do it with our praises. We bring the water out of the well into our life. The well of salvation is our reborn spirit because the living water, the Holy Spirit, lives inside our spirit. So our spirit is that well or that spring. And so the well of salvation that contains the living water of the spirit from which they, they, the, the, the waters flow, it, it's our spirit. And because God now lives in, in us, we have living water in our spirit, and it wants to flow out. But we have to bring it out. We have to release it from our spirit. Okay? God has provided these wells inside us, and these are, uh, and out of that uh, is living water of healing power, strength, wisdom, love, joy, and so forth. And we can enjoy those waters of life, but we have to tap into them, we have to draw upon them by faith. And that's what Isaiah 12 is all about. So we have the Holy Spirit inside us, but we need him to be living water that flows out of us. Where are these springs? Well, verse 6 gives it away, by the way. Let's jump to that. God is our salvation, but where is God? Here it says, Verse 6, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of you. So where is God who is our salvation? He's in the midst of us. He's in our spirit. 
And that's the well of salvation, is, in, is our spirit. And God is in the midst of us. And that's where the living waters come from. Remember Jesus promised the disciples that the spirit of truth, he'll send them the spirit of truth. He dwells in with you, but he will be in you. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? And so these springs of life, this is within us. And John chapter 4, Jesus absolutely is really referring to Isaiah 12 and saying, I've come to bring this to pass. John 4.12, he says to the Samaritan woman, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So he says, I'm going to give you living water. I'm going to bring, make this true for you. And then he explains in verse 13 how, how that's going to be. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, this natural water. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, that's salvation, will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain or a spring of water springing up into everlasting life. So he basically says, when you come to Christ and you receive his salvation as a gift, when you drink that in, as it were, then it's not a one-off thing, but God creates a spring inside you uh, of water springing up into eternal life. There's an eternal spring, self-regenerating spring of life in your spirit now, and an everlasting supply of water. Hallelujah. And he's saying now, by the new birth, our spirit is like an artesian well that's bored down deep under the earth that, that now causes the water then to be constantly gushing up, uh, a constant supply of water due to those internal pressures, welling up to eternal life. And so our spirit, in the same way, it sinks deep into the depths of God. Into, into where the God's spirit is and so that the waters of God's life are springing up eternally in us. We don't have to go outside for water because there is a supply of water coming from within us. And, and through this supply of water, we can worship God. He goes on to say that the Father's looking for worshippers, those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. We now have a reborn spirit. We can do that. And Jesus said also in John 7 that, he who believes in, in him, uh, can, if we come to him and drink, he says, out of our heart will flow rivers of living water, which he's talking about the Spirit. So he's saying, I'll create a spring inside you, and then from that spring will flow rivers of living water. That's what God wants to do. And this is what Isaiah 12 was predicting. How do we draw this water from our spirit well? so that it, it flows through us and refreshes our whole body and soul. He says, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, from the salvation springs. And then he says, verse 4, in that day you will say. So how will you draw water? With rejoicing and particularly with saying. In that day you will say. He said it in verse 1 and he says it in verse 2. In that day you will say. It's all about drawing water from the wells of salvation. The Messiah through his atonement, gave us a well of salvation on the inside of us. But it's up to us to draw water from the wells of salvation. And how do we do it? In that day you will say. And it's by using our words. Because the water 
Drawing water depends on the fountain head. If there's a fountain, there's a fountain head. That's where the water comes out. You draw water from the fountain head. And so it's what comes out of your mouth that actually releases the water. It's like, say, a hose pipe. You can turn the tap on and there is flowing water, but you can, it's controlled at the nozzle. And you can turn the nozzle off and the water can't flow out. But if you open the nozzle, that's your mouth, then you can draw the water, the water can flow out. And so whether the water flows is up to us, whether we draw the water is up to, up to what we say. Are we speaking the words of the Spirit? Or are we speaking the words of the flesh? It says, Proverbs, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters, the wellspring of wisdom, a flowing brook. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. And so if we close our mouth, it blocks the flow. But if we open our mouth and speak the words of God, we actually pull and draw the waters out from the fountain within us. That's how God, the new covenant works, by the way. In Isaiah 59 it says, As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth. So the covenant works by the spirit being within us, but also by us speaking God's words. That releases the spirit in our life. As Romans 12, 10 says, we believe in our heart and we speak with our mouth. We believe unto righteousness and confession is made unto salvation. We have to open our mouth and draw the waters forth from our spirit. Praise God. We, by speaking the words of God, by praying in tongues, we draw out those waters from the wells of salvation into our life. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And James says, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and curse. Brethren, these things ought not to be. So, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? But of course, we can have bitter water and good water coming out of our mouth. How can we explain that? Well, the reason is we have two springs inside us. We have the fountain of the flesh and we have the spring of the spirit. And which water flows depends on which we give our mouth to. If we yield our mouth to the flesh fountain, then we will just create death. But if we open our mouth to the spirit fountain with praise and worship, then we release the sweet water of the Spirit. It's up to us which uh, one we yield to. And so Isaiah 12 says, in the new covenant, we will be able to draw water from the wells of salvation. How? With joy. With joy you'll draw water. With rejoicing, with praise and thanksgiving, we will draw these waters. How? With our words. And then it describes specifically how we can do that. It gives us five ways we can draw out this water with our words. It says, in that day we will say, praise the Lord. So that's the first way, is by praise. We are releasing that fountain to, to flow. Uh, just by praising God. And you can praise God in tongues. It says that on the day of Pentecost that they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the people who heard them said that they were declaring the wonderful works of God.
So praise is the first way you draw water from the wells of salvation. Number two, it says, call upon his name. That's prayer. The, affection f uh, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. You can release the river of life through prayer, particularly praying in tongues. And then it says, declare his deeds. Notice, these are things that you say. Declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. And this is witnessing to Christ and his salvation and who he is. He says, I'll give you power to be my witnesses. And so when we witness, when we speak, when we declare his deeds, what he's done, who he is and what he's done, praise God. We actually feel wonderful after we've done that because we've actually drawn water out of the wells of salvation. When we witness, we release the power of the Spirit on the inside. And then it says, sing to the Lord. That's another way we can release and draw waters from the wells of salvation is by singing our praises and our thanksgiving to God. Sing to the Lord, for he's done excellent things. This must be made known in all the earth. And then finally it says, another way you can release the rivers of God from the inside of you. You can draw water from the wells of salvation. It says, cry out and shout aloud, O inhabitant of Zion. That's a believer. Sometimes we need to shout it out. Not so much for God's benefit, but for our benefit, it's a way in which we can release that power. Praise God. And declare his greatness. Sometimes, Because God is so great, just sometimes the thing to do is to shout it out. He's worthy of that. And then he gives the confirmation of that. He says, shout it out. Why? Because great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of you. The Holy One of Israel is in the midst of you, but how can you get that great one to be released, his power to be released. Well, you have to speak it out, you have to shout it out, you have to sing it out, you have to pray it out, you have to, to speak it out, you have to confess it out, you have to praise it out, praise God. Great is the Holy One in the midst of you, and now God is living inside you by the Holy Spirit, and you're, you've got a full well of living water on the inside of you, but now you have to speak his word. You have to shout it out. Uh, great is the greater one's in you, but you have to release his power by releasing and speaking his words. And then the living waters of the Holy Spirit will flow out. And so you draw out, out the well, the living water from your well by your words of praise and singing and thanksgiving and shouting, confessing and witnessing. Because God our salvation is in the midst of us, we should declare his name and his praises and his thanksgivings. And so in that way we release his life and his salvation and it will flow as rivers of living water. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.